0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Just the Two of Us podcast where you know the deal. It's just the two of us. I am John. And I am Nate. And tonight it is guaranteed to be just the two of us, except we did bring in a special guest, Mr. Alex Szymanski. Welcome in, Alex.
1: Hey, how are we doing, guys? Good, good, good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So I think, you know, we, we knew each other a little bit in high school, or knew of each other at least. Yep. Yeah, we all went to the same school. But I think I reconnected with you f- through social media. Uh, checking out your posts, seeing what you're up to. And it seems like you're always up to something interesting. Yeah, we started uh talking on that I wanna say probably two, three years ago.
1: Yeah. Kind of talking about fitness and the gym and TNT a little bit and yep. how everything's going with that. And you know, we're kinda battling with like, you know, the, the Covid era. Yeah. And I remember kinda discussing that a little bit with you too and the challenges that came with that.
0: Yeah, that was kind of a fun time to see different business owners come together and kind of see how everybody's dealing with um, and what the shutdowns were doing and what the rules were. Nobody knew what the rules were. So we're just trying to figure out, hey, what's the safest way to go about this without getting ourselves in trouble, but also, you know, keeping the doors open. and.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it was a very interesting time, especially for gyms, and then, you know, they, they would close you for one week, then reopen, and then, uh, yeah. okay, you can open with masks. Like, okay, who wants to go to whatever uh, soccer (laughs) practice with a mask on like dripping sweat you know or or do boxing like we were into so or or running i mean i couldn't imagine getting somebody into a gym on a treadmill and like hey get your mask up hey make sure that's (laughs) over your nose yeah
0: yeah they're like falling
1: over like slow it down a little bit you'll be all right yeah (laughs) just
0: make sure that mask is tight no
1: prs right now
0: yeah (laughs) so today was one of your it was your first run right Yep. It was it hike? It
1: was a hike tonight. Okay. So first hike, we were doing a, I started a new kind of trail page. It's uh, called Red Wing Trail Community. So okay. ever since, you know, the gym closed a few months ago. So kind of close up shop there and I've uh, really missed the community and the atmosphere of that. So I've always loved the outdoors and the trails. So this yep. fall, it's getting to that time of year where it's starting to chill out a little bit. Um, really nice views with the leaves changing. So I figured I'd start up the trail community. So we're going to be doing hikes twice a month and then runs once a week i'm going to talk to the red Wing brewery here tomorrow and see if i can do something with them and run out of there once a week where we'd start there finish there people want to stick around have a beer root beer or whatever yep and just kind of you know get together and do what i always say to do you know stay active and just uh get out there and get it together and you know always have to celebrate a little bit afterwards too if you want to have a beer
0: not opposed to that yep i'll hang out a little afterwards Perfect. yeah I always thought you were so awesome at that like i said i'd I'd watch you on social media and follow pictures post stories and it was you know when you had the gym it was um I remember like donut days and oh my gosh donut Fridays was, you know nice. giving gloves out to the kids and stuff like that it just seemed like you were always riling people up and getting people interested i mean is that is that something you've always seen yourself doing you know it kind of just came kind of almost, I don't want to say out of the blue, but I
1: really got into boxing when I was like 25 and fitness in general. And that's when I like kind of just quit drinking cold turkey, quit smoking and just decided like, Hey, I'm going to make a little change here. And, uh, I ended up, I was partying for like a couple of days and I woke up one morning and I was just hung over and I was like, alright, I'm gonna go to a boxing gym in the cities. And I remember like taking a Snapchat outside of that gym and being like, eh, ah, I'm not gonna go in. But then I like went in and did three rounds and I was like dry heaving in the bathroom. I was like, whoa, <laughs> I need to get in shape. So I kinda used that moment to like just get into boxing and for a while, like boxing was just kinda my thing. It was like that that thing to keep me disciplined and that's what I always loved about that side of the sport. And then after about a year I just got super into it, and that's when kind of hidden storage was born. Did okay. you box before that? fateful day that you found that gym in the metro you know growing up we always had like our buddy's shop where we'd have a couple pairs of gloves and you know in high school but never like ever competitively you know just like a locker box yeah just like almost like locker boxing like after school figuring out which one of you or your dumbest friends yeah. was the best when you had five <laughs> beers in you? Which was probably <laughs> yeah. so stupid looking back. Like, and we wouldn't wear headgear, like no. no mouthpieces. Like, you no. know, I wouldn't let somebody box without a mouthpiece in the gym because you know you get one wrong shot and you're gonna be getting stitches in your tongue. You know, you just yeah. you just never know. You always got to be safe. So,
0: yeah, agreed. There's no point, you know, when you're sparring or whatever you're doing. To there's no point to uh, prove how tough you are, <laughs> right? In that sort of way, at least. You know, and that, and that so was what it was safe. all about when you were a kid.
1: Yeah. You know, it yeah. was all about like, oh, who's going to look the coolest? Because, you know, you're in front of 10 of your buddies and maybe I remember a few times like we had one person wearing a right glove and one person wearing a left because like <laughs> we wouldn't even have enough gloves. Yep. You know, there'd yeah. be one pair and I'd be like, all right, sweet. I got the right. And I'd be like, well, nowadays, if I had the left, I'd be like, you're done, dude. Yeah. Like, that's my lead hand. I throw 60, I mean, six out of seven punches with that. So you're a Southpaw? Um, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to be orthodox, but I mean, my left is going to be my lead. So it's like my setup. So okay. I, I, I throw a lot of jabs and a lot of lead hooks to kind of set up the power shot. Okay. So I'm really, I'm really busy when I box. So I use my left a lot and then I kind of use it as more of a distraction for the good counter.
0: Okay. And I don't know a lot of that stuff. So yeah,
1: I'm, yeah I haven't, I haven't been in the boxing scene for a couple months now. It feels kind of, feels kind of weird, like talking about it almost, sure. you know?
0: Is that something you'll continue at another gym at all, training? You know, I did go to a, a gym, I'll say,
1: two weeks after the the gym closed, cause I was like, ah, you know what, I kind of miss it, you know, and I miss that community kind of yeah. that we were talking about. So I went to a yeah. gym and tried it out, and uh, gosh, I just really wasn't wasn't feeling it. Like, I probably could have sparred, and, like, I don't know, I just don't really have that that hunger to go out and want to, like, fight. And if I'm going to go all into something, that's why I like running. I'm, like, all into it right now, but it's me against me out there, you yeah, know. Yeah, hmm nothing to prove to anybody it's just uh I'm going for PRs personal best. not fighting some random person that's been training over there and what I've been training over here like
0: yeah right I
1: don't know it's just a different atmosphere for me you know there's always there's always something to prove in running or in boxing you know it's just uh boxing kind of played its purpose for me and you know I'm very thankful for that chapter of life but on to the next I don't I don't see myself fighting again
0: hmm, gotcha yeah that it, it, always interested me too at like at the lower levels you don't really know what you're walking into like you said you're fighting some rando from another gym it's not like the upper levels where there's tape of these guys um and you can watch previous fights and things you're just sort of walking into walking in blind almost yeah
1: and i mean you go to like uh like a weigh-in and a couple people mix match in weight and now all of a sudden the person you were supposed to fight which you might have found out a week ago and maybe got to creep their gym yeah now they switch you at the fight to somebody else that you don't mm. even know who they are because well now you're closer in weight with them or okay. you know and you're both amateurs and you both line up that in that sense it was uh, funny actually last time i went to duluth i had a girl named uh layla fighting out of my gym she was a. Uh, great kid I hope she's doing good she's just starting at another gym here soon too oh, but I worked with her for like three years and I had her fight in Duluth and when I walked in he goes he goes, hey we had a fighter that couldn't make it at 140 he's like do you want to fight today you got your book I was like 140 like you're gonna have to cut off a leg dude like <laughs> I do have 140 in a minute you know I was looking up, I was probably like 170 at that time yeah but I was just like thinking back you know I was talking lady, I was like It's like, man, like how did I weigh 140, like walking around for years and like I was shredded, but I I remember like the stress level and I was like, if I did get back into fighting, like I would have to like settle the fight, like upper 150s just to like stay happy.
0: (laughs) Well, that's good. So transition from, uh, well, I didn't mean to cut you off on, on kind of how this journey started, but it was almost a, a wake up for you, right? You were, you went a couple rounds, you were gassed. Yeah, I was just, was I, I to... literally was,
1: like, dry heaving, and I remember um, the guy in uh, Lakeville at Title Boxing, Tate, he comes up to me, and he's like, he's like, man, you did a good job today. And I'm just
0: like, you're a liar, dude. <laughs> like, like,
1: man, you're good. You're really good. You know, yeah. it was good because you had me to sign up, and, you know, he kind of helped me out throughout that journey of the start there, and, you know, that's what everybody kind of needs It's getting into fitness, and that's why I try and, you know, reach out to people when they're getting into it and give them that boy that you... Yeah, You kind of need to hear, you know, everyone needs that encouragement. And he was that guy for me that kind of just like picked my head up that day and was like, dude, just keep going, man. Like you you killed it today. Come back tomorrow,
0: you know? And Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's important. Consistency. So you decided to commit a little bit, at least to fitness, or was it 100% right away? Pedal to the metal. Man, when I,
1: yeah, when I got into it, it was like probably every other word out of my mouth at that time was like, like I talk about running now, I'm obsessed with running, but like everything was boxing. Like I was, yeah, definitely all in right away. I think I went from the biggest time of my life. I was like 197 and I went down to 147 Dang! in five months. And I mean, that was like from 22% body fat to under five. So was
0: nutrition a uh, part of it right away or were you just like, running the pounds off. That
1: you know, or I didn't, didn't really get into up. running actually right away. Okay. So a lot of it was nutrition, but what I did was I um and I wouldn't recommend this, but a lot of people swear by it, but I did like a low carb diet. Okay. Right away. And that helped me really kind of cut out, you know, just a, just a lot of my body fat, I feel like, you know, and then the the boxing was huge cardio. I maybe ran, you know, 3 4 miles at a time, but it wasn't like I wasn't like a runner. It was maybe yeah. like 12 to 15 miles a week is more cross training at that time sure. where boxing was my main, hmm. but, um, but yeah, my diet, I, I just went from, you know, drinking all the time, which when I drank like maybe a half a bottle a night or, you know, not every night, but yeah. I mean a few times a week or 12 beers in a night, you know, that's a couple thousand calories. Right. So you think of that now you're doing that five days a week and people don't think of it like that, but now it's like, okay, I'm a big drinker. Now it's like, okay, 2000 calories there and I do it five days a week. Okay. That's 10,000 calories. Well, I mean, there's 3,500 calories to make a pound, so that's pretty much three pounds I'm putting on in booze. Yeah,
0: like yeah. now you think
1: i got to eat, too. Right. So it's like all this extra weight that I was putting on in alcohol, and now I'm not eating like shit because I'm not drunk all the time. Yep. So instantly, I'm just like, okay, I lost 10,000 calories in that, and then I lost 5,000 probably in eating. So just naturally, I was using like five pounds a week just by changing my lifestyle.
0: Sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing you're feeling a lot better, too. Yeah, I just... Not right away. Right
1: away, it was kind of like that shell shock where I was like, oh, how am I going to get up tomorrow? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like withdrawals almost, you know, because sure. I was a big partyer too. Yeah. So like not drinking at first was like and getting up to box and then like when you don't work out, your muscles are just so sore. Mm-hmm. So I remember like barely being able to put my arms up from doing these yeah. rounds because they would do burnouts, be like, go, 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 go. <laughs> I was like, "Sweet!" I was like, "Please stop!" Like, hear the bell. <laughs> and I love boxing too, because it was like, you know, that at three minutes on, one minute off. You know, so it's like, okay, you kind of pace that three minutes too. So if you had a really bad round, it's like, okay, just like a fighter would do. Okay, I'm gonna. Oh, you can tell he's catching his breath this round. You know, it was like the same thing. I looked at it that way. Like every day, it was kind of like, "All right, I got to get through this eight round fight camp." You know, or whatever it was called. And, yep. But yeah, it was very, very motivating to start, and that's why I opened a boxing gym because I thought it was just a great way to introduce people to fitness, you know, um, mm-hmm. trying to get people to run 40 miles a week with me off the couch. Like I'm going to be z- zero for a hundred probably every yeah, time. Right. It's just, it's a tough
0: start. So then that motivated you to get that gym up and going. That's when hidden storage was born. Yep. So I actually started,
1: started boxing there. And then I kind of was like, man, I'm driving at the time I was a corporate manager for Applebee's and I was driving like. To the Cottage Grove store, I believe at the time I worked for like seven locations for them in like the eight years I worked for those guys. So I think I was working in Cottage Grove at the end of my career there, and I was driving there to work five days a week, working five tens, and then I was driving to a boxing gym in Lakeville on the other side of the cities, three to four days a week. And I'm just like, all right, I'm spending however many hours and a week in my car, yeah. sitting behind the wheel, just an insane amount. And I'm like, there's got to be more time to work out. So that's when spring hit in 2017 i believe it was and there was a storage unit that opened up on 17th street it was on craigslist and it was across from the apartments there and the guy wanted like 110 bucks for it because nobody wanted to pay for it that was paying the apartment they didn't want to pay 100 bucks more so he's like well i'll post for 110 and i'll get some random people you know so i see it, and i was like well let me throw a heater and then i'll give you 130 he's like sweet he's like get a sign of six month lease i paid for it all right there yep (laughs) like built up the walls and that's when i made the hidden storage and then I kind of got a, you know, what I thought was a big following. I probably had like 500 followers on Instagram. I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. honey. Like, <laughs> big time now, you know, thinking. In- influencer. Yeah, yep. yeah, <laughs> influencer. I'm about to quit everything. No. <laughs> but, you know, that probably was my mindset, you know. I was, I was very excited. It's good to have that hunger, though. Yeah, for sure. But um, but yeah, I, I remember building those walls by painting them with my dad. I spent like $200 at Menards for the wood to build up all the walls on this 10 foot by 30 foot. Um, garage you know and there used to be a mustang that was parked in there like a fancy shelby mustang i want to say it was yeah because he sent me a picture of what it looked like before i moved in and i was like take it it's like awesome you know as thrilled as i was yeah then when i left i remember i remember him actually looking at the walls he's like he's like you need to take those i was like no he's like he's like he's like oh man these look great he was like just just stoked you know that i that i built it up and i was like yeah you can i was like I think I left a month early and I had it paid for. I was like, I don't care. we will get my money back. Yeah. Like I was like, and that's when I signed the lease in uh, Clay City. Okay. At the first twenty four seven location. Yep. So, and that was 2018. So that was about six months
0: after that, maybe eight. And having a twenty four seven boxing gym isn't very common, correct? No,
1: I was the first one in Minnesota, and I think I was like the third or fourth in the United States. Wow. Hmm. So there was, there wasn't really an option out there for it and I don't know why I still don't understand
0: yeah because having a 24 hour like fitness center uh, a gym like that is not uncommon no I mean that's like you know crucial for a lot of people's schedule yeah, you know for yeah, like
1: exactly. now that I'm more settled in I feel like I could get away with going to the Y until town being open from 5 to 10 because I'm not really going to work out past 10 at night and I'm not going to wake up earlier than 4 yeah. right. 30 so like the Y would jam for me now but in my younger days like i would have wanted an anytime or a snap or something that was open 24/7 so yeah. to me it doesn't make sense why a lot of people don't have it open but i guess i can see you know now you got a ring and now no one's going to be there at 12 and maybe 10 years ago probably a lot of people didn't have cameras so yeah. mm-hmm. you know now you got people That's fighting true. they got you know one kid in high school is 18 and this was my problem at the first location when i had the ring was you know one bad person has a key and now there's a fight club going on at 2 sure. in the morning. And then you <laughs> yeah, got to see yeah. it the next morning when you're mopping, and then you notice some blood on the floor. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of what happened to me uh, okay. once or twice, you know, but never had any huge incidents. You know, it was just usually a couple of buddies that just were like, Phew, hey, let's use a better box. Let's go in the ring, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, and yeah. one bad punch le- le- led to the next, and... Next yep. thing I was a bloody nose, a hug in the middle usually, and <laughs> yep, yep. nothing usually too serious, but I would always see that blood, and I would be like, oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Or I would miss, miss it from cleaning up from sparring, and I would see it the next day, and I would just be – you know, so it was always a worry because yeah. I was, there was so much time when I wasn't there. Right. Yeah. So
0: definitely a stress factor. And so that gym continued to grow, and it was time for something bigger. Is that why you moved? Yeah, so
1: we were in Clay City for, for two years, and – and I want to say COVID first happened, the first shutdown, the 90-day one happened there. And that's when I like really realized like, you know, I still had my other job, which I pretty much had the whole time working there, where I'm at now at the tap room okay. in uh, Woodbury. And that 90-day shutdown, and then I was paying the bills. It wasn't a lot in that old location, but I was paying the bills for like three months. And I'm just like, wow, like I didn't really ever make a ton here, so I didn't have like a savings account for the gym. So I was kind yeah. of paying for it. Out of what I was making from my other job at the time, and I was like, "All right, this has got to make or break." Like, so then when I reopened, I just went all in. I left the tap room for a little over a year, actually. Okay. After that, and then we ended up moving to the other location. So, I went from probably 17 members to like 130. Ooh! Oh,
0: wow! And that was in maybe like a six-month span. And that was still in location 24-hour location one. So that was
1: that. I got up to about 80. Okay. And then right before the second shutdown. I moved locations and then when I moved there, I gained another, I almost doubled. I gained probably like 60 more people.
0: So hmm. that has to be a little unnerving to move and then get shut down.
1: Yeah. So that, that was like, that was tough, but luckily I still had that, that honeymoon phase and like, sure. I'll mm-hmm. probably not come with, I'll probably, the ladies listening, I'll probably never open a gym again, honey. No. <laughs> but, uh, you know, no, nothing against that. You know, I just learned it. I learned a lot, learned what I liked and what I didn't like. But, um, uh, where was I going with this?
0: starting the second job oh sorry that the honeymoon
1: phase okay yeah. so say so yeah, when you went like if you are opening up a gym um that that initial part when you open the doors and getting that like whatever it is like hey first first hundred people get a t-shirt boxing gloves and yada yada yeah. yada when you buy a three-month membership yep. like that's just so crucial and I didn't realize that when I first opened okay and if I would have done that got everybody on like at least three months invested right away and then had a chance to kind of win people over yeah. you know um that would have just set me up a lot more for success too, because I had a, a, I had a, sorry,
0: because otherwise you were just signing people up month by month. Month so by they month. sign up, you pay, they pay you a month.
1: Yep. Okay. And I was doing that, but then when I switched locations, I did like the three month thing where okay. I get everybody got a custom T shirt with their last name on it. Okay. And I think I had like seventy some people sign up for that. That's awesome. So that was you know that was a huge catch, and I had a buddy do that at another location. Yeah. And I want to say when he opened his gym, he sold almost two hundred and fifty.
0: Oh, good for him. So
1: you know like. 250 a crack, whatever that is, you know, just opening doors to be able to smash those sales right away. And these are little things I learned f- from after owning it. Like, man, I needed to attack those, yeah, those grand a, openings a, a, a lot more.
0: That's a good, that's a great lesson for anyone listening to, uh, to really harness the power of a new business that way. Yeah. Cause I mean,
1: don't matter what you're doing, if it's a restaurant, if it's a gym, like yeah, people are going to have your eyes on you. People know you came to town. Like, you know, um, I, I follow the Red Wing combo page you know I don't know if you guys ever see that Mm -mm. so um but I see they talk about like stuff on there and a lot of people like see it so when new businesses come to town usually someone will take a picture of it and there'll be a hundred comments on there I always read I just think it's interesting you know for sure. but everybody's always got their eyes on that and
0: wanting to know what's
1: what's new and going on
0: yeah I mean there's been a there's been countless people talking about you know opening first businesses and and the importance of building a community first before you even get the doors open maybe even before you settle on a, a location but to build that community first and get people excited um is crucial in in longevity of a business like that
1: oh yeah definitely and cool. it's it's fu- it's funny because actually when i when i first opened the 24-7 i mean i was it was like when i got into altron which we'll probably get into but yeah. like uh when I first opened it, like I, I thought I knew everything. It was like you know, sixteen-year-old me thinking yeah. I knew the world. And then I go to California, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, about a to lost call my dad. Like, hey. <laughs> but you know, it's just so 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 different. I signed, I signed the lease, and I was opened up two weeks later, and I didn't have like one piece of equipment. Like you know, I just. kind of had my own thing going and I went from like 300 square feet I was like oh this is a thousand this is going to be a 24-7 location I didn't know like the legalities of opening up a business I just like walked in talked to him was like oh like, hey, Bob, you know, and I knew Jesse Norman over at Eco Waters, right next to Eco Water. I've known him for a long time. Played softball with him. Sure. So I was like, hey, put in a good word for me. And, you know, I kind of chatted with him. And they're like, oh, you got it. And then I was like, cool, now i got to figure out how to open up a gym.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah,
1: yeah. it just kind of all, like, happened like that. And I literally came home. I was like, hey, honey, so I'm I'm expanding the gym. She's like, what? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Surprise.
0: Surprise.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it worked out. Like I said, I did probably, like, 5K in sales in the first, like, week. Yep. But then I did 5K in sales in the next, like, four months. Yeah, right. So it was like, and if I would have capitalized and, like, advertised right away, like, hey, I got this coming for even, like, a month and said, like, hey, this is what you get. Like, yeah. some incentive to get people in the door. Yeah. I mean, it would have, I still did all right. And that wasn't, like, what came to my closing. You know, I kind of just closed because I was just moved on to other things. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, the bigger place was bigger money. And, yeah, just my best year. I think I, I, think I grew every year I was in business. It's just, yeah, I just wanted to move on from that.
0: Yeah. I hear you. So I think we were, we were talking off air, I think before we started here, but a lot of what drew you or pushed you into, uh, running or, uh, ultra running was, uh, during shutdowns, right?
1: Yeah. Yep. Okay. So when the first shutdown happened, that's when, like I said, I kind of realized like what I was doing with the gym, and it kind of opened my eyes. But I was, um, I was training for the Golden Gloves uh, tournament. Actually, It was two weeks out for my fight, and I was training at top team in Egan. Okay. And I was had a membership there for a couple months, put in like an eight week camp. I was paying like hundred bucks a week for training, you know, a couple sessions. Yep. Did that for maybe six to eight weeks, and then the shutdown happened. And I'm like, oh, I invested all this money into boxing. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm about to be thirty at this time, and I'm yep. like, well still an amateur is the kid i'm fighting is probably gonna be 18 like yeah. i just kind of missed my boom yeah, in okay. boxing sure, so sure. you know then then after i realized it was gonna be longer in 30 days i'm like well took running a little more serious i was running like like i said i would run like three four miles but i'd run in you know lower sixes on like my fast days so yeah. i was like hey i'm like i'm not bad i'm like decently fast and then i got into trail running and i did my first trail half marathon Maybe six months after that, because I was like, well, if I can keep this pace up, yeah. but I can go a little bit farther. Because you know, you got those fifteen-year-old kids that are smashing like five-minute miles for five k's. So they're running like a fifteen something. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. I'll probably never compete with that time ever again for a five k. But you get me in the ten mile with them. Not, now we're talking. Yeah, so right. I kind of mm-hmm. made the half marathon my jam when I first got into running. And I think I ran uh in Woodville, I ran the trail marathon or half trail marathon, it's uh thirteen point one miles and did that in one twenty nine forty eight. So it was just under an hour and a half, so it's like a six forty seven pace. And that was on trail. So yeah. like at the time I didn't know, but that was probably like like a gap, like great adjusted pace average was probably like, you know, close to like six fifteen with all like the rolling hills and stuff. So like I mean that was like kinda of my intro to trail running and I just kinda got hooked from there.
0: Okay. Is there a big difference? in the sport with between like trail running and what most people would consider like a, a marathon just on pavement or sidewalks or so it definitely like or like, does everybody run both I, that was my question so, like is there a separation in athletes i only trail run
1: yeah i mean a lot of my friends that run like i'll take them on trails like a few of them i took on trails for the first time this year and now i run with these guys every tuesday i graduated with them aaron and ben and like we literally run on trails every week now. Awesome. You know, it was just like me, like I was on the road and like it's almost like driving. You know, you can be going by like Perkins and next thing you know you're at McDonald's. And you're like, Where'd the last minute of my life go? You yeah. know? They almost like zone out. And that's okay. like how road running got to me. Oh. Uh-huh. Where like I'll just be like, Whoa, okay, I just went a mile f-. like I'd be on the cannon and then I'd be coming up by Target. I was like, Whoa, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I just black out, like, what happened out here? It's <laughs> Runner's high is real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so but that's that's how I felt about like road running. So then I got into Going up and down the bluffs and living in Redwind, I mean, you couldn't ask for, like, a better area to, like, run hills. Like, yeah. there's so much opportunity between, like, Twin Bluff, Barnes Bluff, Memorial. I mean, and each one of those climbs are 300-some feet. Yep. So you run races out of town. Like, that's that's your biggest climb on almost any course. Really? Unless you get up on, like, the North Shore. There's a couple miles in, like, the Superior, um, the the uh, Minnesota Voyager, five, uh, 50 or 100 I want to say there's a couple of miles that maybe are like six, 700 feet climb, you know, for that mile. But I mean, Minnesota doesn't have a ton of huge hills. So if you're going like, like I remember I did the Willow in Hudson, it was a 20 mile race and that had like 200 foot hills and I actually just hiked there two days ago. Yep. But people were like, man, these hills are massive. And I'm thinking like, dude, these are like half the size of the bluffs I run every day. So like yeah, yeah, yeah. me, like I went over there and was like, man, I was like so thankful for Red Wing yeah. because like there's just the hills are really great for training especially i mean if you do repeats i've went up and down memorial like five times for repeats and that's like 1800 feet gain yeah you know and it's only
0: like eight miles yep yeah so so break it down for me on distance wise so a half marathon's 13 yep 13.1 26 26.2 2. Yep. and anything over that is considered an ultra marathon yep
1: anytime okay. you break the distance anybody would say it would be an ultra so a okay. uh, marathon is going to be like i said 26.2 otherwise a 42k and then the most common past that where most people get into it is going to be a 50k which is like 31.1 or somewhere right in that area within like 0.05 you know 31.15 maybe okay you know just a little over 31 and that's going to be a 50k otherwise it goes pretty much from that to you know you might find a random race that's like a 65 or an 87 otherwise most common is gonna be a 50 miler Okay. and then it's going to be 100k which is like uh 62.3 or something okay and that's going to be my next goal is going to be doing a uh, 50 next spring it was supposed to happen this fall and i was in like the best shape of my life like a month ago and then i just dealt with that recent ankle injury yeah so i mm, just got back out and uh i mean talking about 50k is I, I pr'd my 50k just messing around with i did my first like 15 miles with the guys on tuesday morning and was going at a little slower place, you know, we're chatting, having a good time, and I think we did like two thousand feet in elevation gain. And then once, you know, they kind of had to get going, and I was like, well, because you know, I do a fifty k, you need four and a half hours. Yeah. So I'm out there, and then I picked it up for the last fifteen miles, and ended up PR my fifty k on Tuesday. And then I was running in Afton, just cooking like a seven thirty pace, and Afton's a very aggressive place. So I was running hard and hit a downhill with two miles left, and. It was like the last hard week because I had a 50K on my schedule this weekend, so it was my last yep. hard week of training. Yep. Then I hit that hard downhill and kind of just rolled over my ankle and had to take a couple weeks off. And now it's just going to be building up and hopefully, hopefully, still get one in in November. But otherwise, just looking towards spring at this point. You know, I want to be safe and yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. It takes it takes a while to build up, and that was yeah. like as a thing. I was on like I mean. Four or five month buildup of like consistently getting like more miles. I think I was up to like hundred and like thirty five hundred and forty miles a week on my feet. Yeah, you know, and that's like going up maybe like five miles a week. Yeah, and like running, you start at now I'm at thirty miles a week. So this week I'll go to thirty five, and the next week I might go to forty, which is kind of like they say the ten percent rule. So if I'm running thirty, go to thirty three. And then go to 36, and then maybe go to 40. Yep. You know, they say like gradually go up. But obviously, since I was in that 70, 75 mile a week range, I want to kind of cheat my way up a little faster, yeah, yeah. but yeah, like yeah. I still got to be very careful at the same time. So now I'm going to try and progress to like, you know, five miles up to I get to 50, then maybe go like 57, 65 or something. It's a lot of moving. But yeah, it's yeah, it uh take, take a couple months to get back there, you know, for sure, and hopefully be in that shape again.
0: So training, boxing, training, running, is there a huge difference in what you're doing um, nutrition-wise, body-wise? Yeah,
1: I mean, my diet is, like, insane. sync. Like, looking back, I'm just like, man, like, how did I eat six eggs with three pieces of toast every day for breakfast? I mean, I yeah. did that for, I got, like, this low-carb bread, and I would eat five or six eggs with three pieces of toast every day for, for two years. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I saved my egg cartons, in the in the garage and this pile was like as tall as me and the ladies, like you yeah. gotta get rid of that <laughs> I was just, like I know it like I was just like so amused like My how trophy. much <laughs> how much eggs I ate because I would get yeah. them in those big boxes at Walmart like the yeah. 60 pack you know yeah, yeah and then by by the time I had like 12 <laughs> of them on there it was just so tall and I was just like I don't know what I was gonna do with it you know yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's like I don't know just all the eggs i have ate in the last <laughs> whatever six months yeah. right, right. I'm just weird about saving stuff like that yep yeah. I don't know if I got like a hoarder gene in me or something <laughs> it could be but Yeah, I got to start throwing away some trash.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So doing long-distance stuff that, uh, I mean, you're trying to lean your body out? Or what makes a guy... So
1: you you can be lean. You see, like, those marathon runners, like the guy that just set the the world record, you know, at the Berlin Marathon last week, and he just set it. He ran a 201.09. So it was a 4.37 pace for 26.2 miles. And, like... I mean, they're talking about breaking the two-hour barrier. And, you know, yeah. he beat his previous record by 30 seconds. But, you know, that guy, you look at that guy and he's like, I'm not even that big of a dude, but, like, my forearms are probably bigger than his biceps. Yeah. You know, and some of these right. people just look like, give him a sandwich at the yeah. finish line. You know, <laughs> like, there's there's barely anything to him. And, like, for me, like, like, and, and it's interesting, too, because now they, they're they talking about what he would do if he went over into ultras and running, like, 100 miles. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, He's going to break his legs. Like, you know, yeah. like, like it was interesting because everyone's like thinking he could beat all these world records. Like, yeah, I think he could, but like the muscle endurance you need from like going like that, like, you know, he's almost like, I don't want to say like boxer fit, but he's just like so, so different fit compared to like I am for ultra running. So like now my diet's so loose because when I run 70 miles a week and I'm burning, 12 13,000 calories doing that and then my job is at a bar so you know i'm walking 40 50 miles a week just serving tables yeah. you know so that's where my you know and then i whatever walk my dogs you know so that's how i'm getting 140 miles a week but like my metabolism's so nuts like i'll eat dominoes twice a week yeah so like my diet now is just like bulletproof i wouldn't change it for the world sure. <laughs> you know <laughs> yep. looking back at like the box you know we're talking about like that like like I probably had a way better physique and like, you know, had a, you know, I was 20 pounds lighter, like everything, you know, popped a little more like, but yeah, I wouldn't trade this, this, you almost want a little more cushion too. Cause as soon as you run out and you kind of cramp when you're in this long distance, yeah. there's like, there's no catching up until, until you uh-huh. like get a rest. Once you're like, once you're behind and your body's like failing, like, I don't know how, like, I guess I personally haven't experienced that like going through like, like my first ultra. I did was a 50k in Duluth. And after I did it, I figured out it was the hardest 50k in Minnesota. And I finished it, which was great. But uh, I remember my parents brought me up and I felt like David Goggins showing up to his 100 miler. I'm (laughs) sure a lot of people know him. He showed up with like a box of crackers or something. Like I showed up with my parents and I see all these people with like these hiking poles and I'm like silently like joking to myself like, what do these guys (laughs) need these for? Like (laughs) must be like amateur hour. You know, I'm thinking to myself like, like not knowing what I'm about to do. What I'm about to bite into, (laughs) you know, getting on the Superior Hiking Trail, which is probably the hardest trail in Minnesota, at least that that I know. It's three hundred and ten miles on the north shore and it's just just rugged, you know. You're 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 hiking up huge rocks. So that's what just broke me down and I hit mile seventeen and I wasn't eating and my body just kinda went into like failure. So I got like a Charlie horse. And I was in 20th place or something like that at the time out of like 400 people, which was like super respectable, like never done an ultra race. And I showed up and my dad was meeting me at every checkpoint and telling me like how many people were ahead of me. Like (laughs) he it was so cool because he like thought I was going to win. And like looking back, like, I mean, I might have believed it, too, which is important. You know, you think of like a fighter in boxing, like if you don't think you're going to win. You're not going to win. So like it was good that we like had that belief. But I was like I was like a blind man on the trail out there. Like I just didn't know anything. So I didn't eat until mile 17, and I was feeling great. I was just crushing. I was probably going like an 840 pace, which, you know, gap pace on that trail is probably low sevens, you yeah. know, just because the hills are so brutal. Yep. And, uh, yeah, my I just got a horse in one leg. I was on the side of the hill, and I sat there for like five minutes, and I realized I didn't eat anything at that point. And I was mm-hmm. like, and I'm behind. So there's just no catching up. So I sat there for five minutes. I couldn't walk. And I just had a dead stop, and like thirty people passed me. I'm just like, oh my uh, gosh, my race is over. So then it finally goes away five minutes later, and I, I start jogging up the hill. I don't even make it a football field. and I get a charlie horse in my other leg, no. and then the other one starts to come back. And I, I literally at that moment, I thought like, I'm gonna die on this hill. Yeah, <laughs> like this that was that was going through my head. And I remember like calling the lady when I got to uh, to the top of the hill, and I was like walking down it in so much pain, like trying to walk off these like charlie horses. Yeah. I was like, hey honey, like I think I'm gonna quit. And she's like what? Like, what do you mean? Like, what mile are you on? And I was like, ah, I think I'm a mile like 18. She's like, no way. Like you run 18 miles all the time. She's like shocked. And I was like, I'm shocked too. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. You know, I had like, had like a prep talk with her and then I called like my mom and I'm just like, like, it was just like the first time I ever felt like so defeated. And I think that's what kind of got me like hooked into the ultra racing too. It's because I did that trail half marathon and I went from that and just crushing it. You know, at like, you know, if you run that pace at that race, you're setting the course course record. Sure. You know, if you're running the sixes, like, people yeah. are, first place is probably finishing around four hours. Okay. And that trail's, like, insane. Okay. That's probably, like, an 8.15 and 8.20 pace, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. So, but I think, like, I think I finished in, like, six and a half hours. And I ended up walking it off. Like, I got maybe 10, 12 charlie horses every other oh, half mile. I just oh. battled it out, and I... Think of that race all the time because it's like that should have been the one time. Like, I definitely probably should have quit. Because I, um, I even got to the car and like I, I got in the car and my heart rate was like over 100 the whole We were talking about heart rate before we yep. started. My heart rate yep. was like over 100 the whole time. Yep. Like, just sitting in the car, I was like 120. And I got up out of the car. My parents also get in my car and it spiked up to like 150 just from moving. Yeah. Like, because my body was just so defeated. Yep. And I don't know. I just, I mean, it sickly kind of made me like want to go get redemption or I just, I don't know. It kind of just, yep. Got me into it right there, but I definitely look back at that and like I should have, should have definitely probably dropped out of that one. But I learned a lot.
0: There's a recurring theme here that you love learning lessons the hard way. It seems. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh man, I learned, I learned everything by falling on my face. Like,
0: but what? I mean, what better way is there than to learn that way? I, Those are lessons you never forget. Maybe I
1: need to make more friends. You <laughs> yeah. know, like if I had like a few friends that own boxing gyms that could have like helped me out in that <laughs> adventure too. You know, or like runners. Like that's why I always refer to David Goggins because like you know I just just go out there and do it. Like have fun and learn as I go, you know?
0: Yeah. So Goggins has his book out. Uh, Cam Haynes is another one we've talked about in the past. Uh, that has his book out. Is, uh, ultra running becoming more popular or is it just that I'm becoming more aware of it?
1: I, I mean, I'm a, I'm inside of it, you know? So like my perspective, like I don't know, but like, I feel like, you know, they're doing live tracking on these big, big events now. So, you know, if okay. you followed UTMB and you had like your favorite athlete in the world, you could yeah. track them and you could see when they hit checkpoints and you could like see their uploads or what, whatever they might do, you know, but the, that technology has came a long way. And now, I mean, a lot of these races, like the one in River Falls, what I'm going to do, it's like 200 person max. So if you don't sign up a month and a half in advance, you might yeah. not get a spot okay. where that was like, that was definitely never a case. Sure three years ago when I really started kind of like looking at it. Yeah.
0: I can see how that technology would make this way more fun for spectators. Yeah. Because otherwise there's not much to watch <laughs> if you're going to like physically go into an ultra. Right. I mean the, the finish line, like if you look up, anybody watching looks up like
1: UTMB finish line and that was over in like France and Italy. I want to say it was um up Mont Blanc or it was okay. 107 miles around that, around that mountain. And if you look at like the cities that they run through, it was like, giant parties for like two days straight oh, so awesome. like the when you get to like those city points like it, it had to be it has to be so motivational and in events like that you know yeah. we got like the bluff color fest coming up you might get a couple hundred people there which is great that's good motivation but like going to the zumbro i did that it was a 17 mile race day this year and that had 700 some people between wow. that the 34 mile the 50 and the 100 So, I mean, in that giant field, there was probably... Because everyone's got their crew, too. And maybe two people drive separate. So, probably a 1,000-plus cars there. And, you know, you see all these spectators. And that was one of the coolest atmospheres I've ever seen. Because you can just kind of feel the energy in the air, you know, when there's that many people around. And you're running into a finish line that's crowded. Because, like you said, like, you you don't really think of that. Because we're from a small town. And, you know, the 5Ks are... Nothing like they probably are in Minneapolis. You know, even yeah. those ones they get like a couple thousand people sometimes sure. now. So like, I definitely think maybe not, maybe ultra running's exploded, but running definitely in general, I want to say like people getting out and doing like local five k's to yeah. stay active. I think that's
0: really taken off too. Hmm. Yeah, and it's something positive to share. People are going out and taking pictures at the races and sharing them on social media, and everybody gets to see it. And I mean, what a great thing to promote! Getting out, and making your body move
1: right and everybody everybody wants to get that post you yeah, know, I'm, yeah i'm guilty of it to be really honest up. yeah for sure we all
0: are everybody speaking
1: of is. that little plug here follow my instagram runmn.alex <laughs> so i started a new running instagram because okay. i was like you know i'm applying for sponsors yeah. um for next year for my running i got a few this year i'm sponsored by you know my job the tap room which yep. is cool but like you know, I want to find some people that maybe I don't know. It's, yeah. And then I found Scott, yeah. who owns a CBD protein bar company out of Denver, Colorado. Awesome. And I'm his only ultra runner sponsor out of there. So hey, I'm going to cool. try and find a few more people like that next year. But on all these applications, they ask for your Instagram profile and yeah. how many followers you have. Really? That's that's all they care about. Or they want your TikTok and how many how many likes you have.
0: Well, that's the exposure they that's, need, right? Yep. In that's regard.
1: so. And and to me, that's like new because like. Like I was even talking to my buddy that graduated on the hike tonight, and we were talking about, you know, if we wanted to meet a girl fifteen years ago, and we're, you know, in eighth, ninth, tenth grade, like we got to go to a party to meet the chicks from out of town. Like we don't yep. go on Facebook because it wasn't around yet. Yeah, right. You know, maybe MySpace was, but like, even then, I feel like it—it it wasn't like it is now. Meeting right. somebody online, yeah, like it's—it's right. it's just so easy to do.
0: Yeah, and on the sponsor side, you know, if you're slapping a sticker on a NASCAR, you know approximately well you know exactly how many ra- how many races they're at and you know approximately how many people are at each race but to sponsor you know someone that's an influencer if we can use that term loosely um, right you got to know what their audience is yeah because you can't just
1: guess and that's that's something new to me too like you know coming up with what can I offer you know what yeah. races am i going to be doing what's yeah. what's my portfolio look like okay here's my instagram but maybe these are my you know my last ultra it was a six hour trail challenge i got just under 36 miles but i took first place you know that's my first win so like you know keep collecting kind of those where it's like well i've won my last four ultras you know you say that and then you, you start developing this this name it's easier to get the sponsors like you know everybody knows who uh killian jornette is you know um he's the guy who won utmb set the record he set the record at the hard rock this year and courtney DeWalter. um she's from minnesota as well she's questionably one of the best ultra runners male or female in the world and she's got a lot of a lot of records herself too i can't remember where she's from minnesota
0: so that's an interesting topic there because uh like you said you know one of the best athletes male or female and that doesn't seem to be as big a distinction in my head at least with ultra stuff is your gender
1: yeah right yeah i mean you know a lot of people say, like, like it's really cool because we were talking about that, um, you know, podcast and how that one, what's his name, Rich, he talks about, um, you know, maybe how it's one of those sports that's comparable where male or female might not matter as much yeah, right. in ultra running for 100 miles. Plus, and it's very interesting how they go off on it. A long story short, they just kind of say, you know, it's so much problem solving, so much like, um, well, did you pack accordingly? You know, everybody out there is fit, but, like, are you running your hills right? Are you running your downhills right? You know, even yep. downhill. Like, I'm a terrible downhill runner, and I know that, but I'm trying to get better because if I don't let my body just kind of go downhill, like, I'm always so worried about getting injured. Like, I just got injured running downhill. I'm always scared running downhills. But if I don't learn to just let my body go, I'm going to be losing all that time going downhill, but I'm also going to be using all this muscle to Mm -hmm. stop myself while I'm going downhill. So I got to naturally kind of just, you know, let it roll. So that's a weak suit for me is like that downhill, but like, you got to be good at downhill. You got to be good at uphill. You got to know when to hike. You got to know when to run. Cause there ain't, there ain't anybody doing these races that are 33,000 feet elevation and not spending time walking. Like there's, it's just not happening. Yeah. Like everybody's walking out there. Like they do it at some point.
0: I'm going to drag you back to sponsorship stuff. Cause it's something I hadn't really considered and I won't pin you down to any goals that you maybe have, but Someone getting into this stuff uh, and looking to make it more of a full-time thing—is that something that people do, where they'll collect sponsors, where they maybe don't have to have a full-time job anymore? Man, um, and they can just train and run.
1: Definitely, like some of the people that I've mentioned, you know, like the Courtneys and the Killians. Get up to um, the upper echelons. Yeah, I mean, but they're at such a—it's almost like making it as a boxer. I want to sure. say I don't—I don't know enough to like maybe say that that's 100 percent accurate. But like, I look at boxing like. You can be ten and own from Minnesota and you're not making a living boxing. Because like, 'cause you've had a lot of tune up fights, maybe, unless you're taking like the biggest, baddest person that you can possibly get. Yeah. And then you're getting like a world title fight on like your 11th fight. Otherwise you're you know, you're, you're fighting in like Grant's casino, you're getting a couple thousand bucks, you know, that that's great. You know, and I'm not dogged because the same thing for like running until you get at the very top of the game. Like, I don't know where there's money to be made. Even like grandma's marathon, the first place gets ten thousand dollars cash. Every year. I don't know if anybody knew that, but this cash prize, ten thousand. Okay. So you know a lot of races are like that, but like ten thousand bucks and now like what you can get like maybe six good marathons in, in a year. So yeah. what you're gonna make sixty K and right. you're gonna spend it on travel and yeah. trainers and it's like yep. and like it's just so unrealistic. And that's like probably a questionably a good prize pool. So like yeah the real big names have to make like a lot of their you money on their sponsorships I'd imagine and they have to you know that's where they maybe say like okay I'm gonna go to like like okay Brooks is gonna sponsor me I'm gonna go to 40 seminars and I'm gonna do 20 speeches and I'm gonna sit and sign shoes at 15 of them and yep. whatever I might say but I feel like that's where they definitely make their money not necessarily running you know it's yeah. it's definitely like you said I think by the sponsors, sponsors. and you gotta have that following yeah. but it's like and some of these kids that are like 16 get TikTok and they get millions of likes. Yeah. And it's like, I just want to like pick their branding. be like, how did you do this? And I've talked <laughs> to a couple of them and yeah. I'm just like, I haven't like broke down and like been blunt. I should be, I should just be like, tell yeah. me how you did it. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, just let give me, me know. Right. Like, what are you talking about? Your TikTok? Let me know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got 2 million followers. You're 18. How'd you yeah. do it? Hey, give me a shout out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that would be kind of a cool goal be- because you could, um, I'm guessing you could travel just the states or possibly the world and be able to do it year round, right? Yeah, I mean, you can, running's definitely,
1: you could do it year round. A lot of people like, um, like, you know, Killian, the guy that I mentioned, he does a lot of like mountaineering or like skiing in the wintertime. So he'll like even switch it up and cross train, which is like, to me, looking at some of these like greats, like the goats, like he's considered the goat and like ultra running, like looking at their training methods, it really opened my eyes even like this year to think like, like I started biking this year because I'm just like, following even the best people in minnesota and we'll they all bike they all yeah. run they all swim yeah. they all cross train so like there's this common pattern in all these like great runners that none of them do what i was doing which is just running okay. and like and that's where i'm learning like this year like you know running's great but if i want to get to that next level it's not enough and i always tell people like like i said i got 17th in the zumbro it was like almost 400 people in the 700 or 400 people in the 17 miler and then the other 400 were in the 34 50 and 100 but so mine was the busiest event and i got top 20 but i always tell people like getting into the top 20 isn't nearly as hard as getting into the top five yeah right because like that top five is like such a next level and those are the guys now that i see at races and i'll even look at races that i don't go to minnesota and see who plays and i'll find them on strava and then i'll go look at their training plans and i'll see their methods and i'll just kind of just study that to see what what the people that are one step ahead of me are doing. Cause like I'm still, I've been trail running for two three years, so yeah. even to have like a couple podium finishes and some ultras, like humbly, I'm super thrilled with that. Because I I mean I know I if I continue to progress, but it's I just got to keep putting that foot forward. Cause last year was definitely a setback year until recently. Last year I ran in spikes all winter and my pace slowed down like a mile and a half because I got used to stepping on the ice and these shoes. So when, yep. when summer hit, I was like, you know, the year before, like I said, I was running six minute miles and then, then I ran, you know, low eights was like my fast coming into the year. And I was like, Whoa. Yep. So now this year I've, I've slowed it down and I've kept it that eight, but now I'm doing, like I said, like I'll do like 30 plus miles on a training run. Like last month on Tuesdays, I did three marathons, 26 plus, and then I did one 50 K and those were just like, yep. kind of like my training run buildups. ups. <laughs> But those are also about, like, keeping your heart rate at a good level. You know, you go around a 5K. If your heart rate's at 180, 185, 190, and you're young, you know, and that's a comfortable zone for you to push for 15 minutes, that's great. But, like, yeah. you hit that at 15 minutes climbing up a hill, Yeah. mile 15, and you got 15 left, like, might be a tough day for you out there. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. you got you to kind of balance it out different and – it's where I said too, like when we're talking about like just logistics. You know, you gotta you gotta know when to use the juice, when to when to let off, and yeah, and eating eating so important out there. You know, you if you're running, it. if you're running for more than two hours for me, even for training days now, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be eating. Like I I'll, I'll usually park at Levy and I'll run up the bluffs and then I'll maybe do like ten miles, and if I'm gonna do more, I stop in my car and I grab some snacks in the back seat, okay. maybe put one in my pocket. Yep. you know, make sure I get like. At least like maybe 400 calories in, and that stop and bring two, three hundred with, you know, and that's yeah. only if I'm gonna go three miles. If I'm gonna do like five, six, like I'm trying to eat like, you know, they say like 300 to 500 calories an hour, but I like to eat like four or 500 for sure. Like I definitely like feeling full out there compared yeah. to hungry, which is what also becomes challenging. What I've heard, you know, in the longer distance when you're looking at the 50 and the hundred, because once you once you've been eating for eight hours running for eight hours and now your body's putting up with it well now you just don't want to eat you don't have an appetite you know so now then then everyone says it's like kind of like an eating competition you know (laughs) because now you're out there and it's like well all right running sucks but like now i'm like trying to like choke down these mashed potatoes or whatever like (laughs) slurpy food you have for like aid station 12 (laughs) you know and you got like you're at like 60 miles with like a few left to the 100k or whatever it is you know and yeah, the eating can be, I guess, the toughest part for some people, and I haven't experienced that yet. But I haven't. My longest run was my last one, which was six hours, just under thirty-six miles, and then um, I got the eight-hour trail challenge, the Icebox Four Eighty. It's in River Falls, and that's November fifth. So I'm ho- I was hoping to get forty-five to fifty miles, and now I'm moving it down to like forty to forty-five. Okay. Just to play it safe, I even figure, you know, yeah. if I run six miles an hour for. Four hours i'm gonna get 24 miles off the bat and then yep. if i walk at three miles an hour i'm still gonna get 36 miles and yep. i'm thinking like hopefully on my worst day like i can do that you know so i'm hoping to get at least pretty close to 40 and do some walk run at the end if i have to but yeah i was in in the shape to where i was hoping to break 50 for the first time for that and, and yeah next spring for sure i'm already kind of licking my chops looking i'm <laughs> trying to avoid the mountains because i've never ran in the mountains so yep my first fifty miler, I figure I better not do in Colorado. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as cool as it would be, it would be really cool to not DNF, which, yeah. is, which is do not finish. If you do not know,
0: yep. yeah, yeah, because then you're, you, I mean, out there you're going to battle elevation as well. Yeah, it's got to be tricky.
1: And I'm, I've never been in the mountains. I don't. Have you guys? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've, I've never, never have dealt with that.
0: And I've never uh, personally gotten, like, elevation sickness or anything like that or altitude sickness, they call it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I've seen guys come down with it. It's horrible. Yeah. My buddy went to Pike's Peak uh, maybe a month ago,
1: and he said when he got to the top he could barely breathe. And, like, he's, like, you know, he's in shape. He works yeah. out, you know, and yep. I'm just like, wow. like, And I'm thinking to myself, like, how would it affect me? You know, because if I can barely breathe in the top, I don't know how to run. You know, so I can I can only imagine.
0: Yeah, we did. Uh, I did one snowmobiling trip out there one time, and just the you know getting a sled stuck and trying to dig that out—it feels like you're suffocating out there. Like you can't get the air in fast enough. Right. Uh, but I was never like super in shape when I was doing that stuff either. Was so. <laughs> oh, so your sledding? Yeah, snowmobiling. Nice. Yep. Because that's a good spot to do it. A lot of good powder. Oh yeah, it's so much fun out there. A whole different batch of equipment there, though, to be able to ride. Oh, I bet. Yep. Speaking of equipment. I mean, how how do you figure all that out? Footwear, so, n- new skin. I mean, yeah, what do you? Yeah. is it all trial and error? Are you looking at what other guys are doing?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I kind of paid attention to what shoes people were wearing when I first got into it. And, like, my best advice for, like, people out there that are looking to get into running or get into running is, um, you know, don't be afraid to invest, number one, into, like, okay. a decent pair. Go to a running store. You know, a lot of those people are pretty knowledgeable that work there and are runners. So, you know, if they watch you walk on the treadmill or run or whatever you're looking to do, they're gonna be able to tell your form and just the way the shoe's shaped, you know, with like the lip it show it says how many millimeters it's raised. Okay. Depending on your form, they're gonna fit you to like that certain fit. And like whether you're, you know, a toe stepper, or a heel stepper, or whatever it might be, they're gonna help you fit into your shoe and they're gonna lean you in the right direction. But like mm-hmm. for me, like I have bunions. So like my feet are really picky. So I run in Brooks and I've ran in ASICs. I've ran in Oh, New Balance, Nike, I'm trying to think of some of the Asics I ran in for years, but Brooks have been the best for my shoes cuz they just got okay. a little wider toe box. Okay. So I think okay. I think don't be cheap on shoes obviously and and like everybody's different. So yeah. if somebody told you like oh, this is the best running shoe out there and they like swore by it, like, yeah. well, that's not the, the case for everybody. You, you know, yeah, yeah it's the best for you, you know, and it's it's kind of like that. You know, everybody's different. It's a uh, like a training plan, you know.
0: And I mean As far as clothing, it's, you know, weather permitting, right? Whatever you're up against is how you're dressing. Yeah,
1: and you know, I've I've learned a lot about that this year even too. Like I've ran in cheap like Under Armour socks like my whole life. And I got a pair of features this year. They're $18 a pair and I got them at Shields in Rochester. And I, at first I got them, I'm like, I'm kind of stingy with my money. Yeah, like, you know, yeah, like yeah. I just, I don't mind spoiling myself, but like I don't like buying dumb stuff. And I was yeah. looking at it like, yeah, it's just kind of dumb, spending $18 on socks, yeah. you know? And I'm sure a lot of people are listening like, whoa, $18 on socks. You know, <laughs> that's what I get my six pack for. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. I was thinking the same thing. And then I got these pair and I started running in it and it was like, Literally the most changing thing to my really? whole year so far Sox. was switching to these feature socks. And now like, but the worst part of all it is if I don't have them on, oh, it's like yeah. instantly annoys me. So <laughs> yeah. if I forget to change into them, which has yeah. only happened to me once, yeah. I'm like thinking about it all run. It's, it's more just, mental. No, it's a day runner. Yeah. No. Than anything. But like, man, the socks made a huge game change. Um, Last year I did a I did a four hour trail challenge in Duluth in the wintertime and it was neg 20 at the start line. Oh, dear. So I bought a hundred dollar pair of tights by Smartwool. I bought yeah. like sixty dollar pair of gloves, like fifty dollar face mask. I probably spent like three hundred dollars on like a jumpsuit for like the ultra cl- cold. Yeah. And I was like, whatever, you know, I'm I'm diehard into it, you know, and that's that's where I don't mind spoiling myself on running, you know, I sure. get hundred forty dollar running shoes, whatever. Look at me, two months of like great views, like that's yep. awesome. Yep. But yes, yeah, so I spent all that money on it. I ran in that race. And then I realized like, all right, well, if I can run in this, I can run, run in pretty much anything, you know? So right. just dress accordingly, you know? So like you can run in like any temperature, you know, and, and clothes definitely make a huge difference. You know, yeah. like if you have problems chafing, you know, like a lot of people deal with that. Like if I'm running long distance and I'm running with a shirt on, like I definitely got to put like chafing cream on, yeah. like if I'm doing a race in the wintertime, but if I'm running shirtless for some reason, like it never bugs me Yeah. in yeah. the, in the summertime then i run in like i don't know lulu shorts like i used to run in like looser nikes when i started running i look back at that i'm like man i don't know how it, how i like that you know <laughs> yeah. so i think some of that like like matters but like i've also been like driving down the street here in Red Wing and seen like a dude like in his 40s like probably day one like running in jeans which is like great whatever you're out there doing it you know yeah, so yeah. like hey. you know whatever works for you but like like we said a lot of that's trial and error so sure. you know i learned a lot like just by seeing other people do it or figuring out what what feels the best? Like now that I feature socks, like never gonna switch. Yep, I'm yep. thinking about like buying them for like my everyday. They have a lifetime warranty. Like you can oh, bring nice. them into Shields, lifetime warranty. So you can bring them in. And you can be like, hey, there's a hole in them. They give you a brand new pair.
0: They're gonna be like, first of all, trim your toenails. Yeah, <laughs> but, well, here's, but here's a new pair.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna have a different pair on. <laughs> I'll save them that. They don't want. Yeah. They don't want to see Paul Bunyan over here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, so how about? so if you commit to a race, you get signed up, you're knowing you're going to race it. Uh, are you pre running any courses? I uh, Maybe, maybe we should talk future stuff. So if you're in the future, you sign up for a race, do you think you'll be pre running or at least pre walking or checking these courses before you do them?
1: I would recommend people to maybe five, I would say maybe definitely, definitely do that. If you're okay. unfamiliar with the area or if they have like some of them will have like an option to download the map on Strava Okay. and okay. then you can map it on your Strava on your phone And then you can see if you round turned. But I had something happen to me this year where I was you know, I was about to get second in a race and I went an extra loop in this weird spot. Oh, and I did an extra like 1.12 miles or something like that. So I was literally on Instagram live. It's kind of funny to look back at. And I'm like, yeah, I got second place. And I'm on Instagram live crossing the finish line. And like, I'm asking the dude for the trophy. And he's like, dude, you got seventh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like silently so pissed off. Cause then I like look at my watch and I wasn't looking. I was like, there's a the one race I didn't use Strava for. Yeah. And if I would have used Strava, I would have seen that I was going around that loop for a second yeah, time. Yeah. Like an idiot. <laughs> But, but then I look down at my watch and I see like 21.13 miles or something. And it was a 20 mile race. And I'm just like, no No way. way. So like after that happened and that, that's not even the worst part. I mean, I've had five ultras in the last year and a half. And I think three of them I've took a wrong turn on So like, and, and I get in the zone too, you know, I listen to music. I said, like I zone out sometimes. So if you're not paying attention and there's, like, you go up on Memorial, there's a lot of turnoffs. Like, if you're not paying attention to the signs, like, usually they're marked pretty good. Yeah. But there's also some weird spots where in races, they're like, make sure the flags are to your right, but then maybe they're to your right and left because then you run by that spot again. Okay. okay. So then you got to see the sign that was like 200 feet behind you. And if you missed it, like, you got to run back, or you got to guess. And I think um, that's yeah. what, okay. and looking back at it, I was think I, I remember that moment and I was like, do I go this way? And I just. I was just in that Disgusted. circle and stayed in the circle, and I guessed and kept going, and then, I mean, I knew once once he like kind of like looked at me weird, like kept, I was like, kept, oh no, oh, this no, isn't good. No, no. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I didn't get second, did I?
0: <laughs> you are just pitching yourself on the podium. Yeah, yeah. Passing the signs. Well, it's kind
1: of cool because the the guys that did get second and third, I started off in fourth place. It was a ten mile loop in Hudson at the Willow Park, and it was a ten mile loop, and I was in I could see third and second place for the first 10 miles and then I was like, I'm gonna pass these guys in the back half and i have always finished stronger than I start. Like I always start off good and I was kind of tailing them the whole way and I passed the one guy at mile 13 and the other guy at mile like 14 or 15 and I got them both on hills. Like I said, I'm a good uphill runner but not a good downhill. So I passed them both on uphills, and then I never seen them again and I did that extra loop. So when I talked to them at the finish line, they both told me that they thought they got third and fourth.
0: Yeah.
1: Or uh, yeah, third and fourth because they thought I got second. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, and then I kind of told them what happened. They're like, ah, that sucks. Just like yeah, if you want to give it to me, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. Better luck next time, pal.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Like you know, like I was really upset at the time, but like it's just a learning, it's just a learning factor. Yeah, you know, sure. and there's always going to be those those chances to grow and could get upset and complain about it all year, but
0: it ain't
1: gonna change. Yeah, ain't gonna change.
0: Yeah. But you won't forget it either.
1: I won't forget it, no. no. <laughs> I'll tell that in five years on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> no, maybe not that one, but the 50K was, that, that start, that intro to it was, was brutal.
0: Yep. So that's kind of trail prepping or uh, course prepping yourself. And you talked about down in Zumbro, do you, a lot of those people had crews with them. Yep, the Zumbro, Zumbro and, Falls. So was oh. that that's important for... There are the, your crew are they staged throughout the course kind of feeding you or so there
1: was uh in that course I wanna say there was either three or four aid stations. So it's a seventeen mile loop. So the people that did the hundred mile did what? Six loops? Six loops. Yeah. Six loops. Okay, so they did six loops and like um they started I wanna say at midnight? No, maybe no, it was six six PM the day before. Ooh, and ooh. we started at seven AM or eight AM or yeah. something. So they let us know, like you know, they had a they had a ribbon on their back, yeah. on their backpack, because okay. you you need to have like in a lot of these races, the hunter need like basic survival gear, like right, a lot okay. of them like have things like that you need to carry just in case anything yeah hits the fan. Yep, you know, so um and then they had this ribbon on so that way and he they joked when we started and they're like hey guys the 50 and the 100 miles are, are out there they've been out there for you know 12 14 hours uh, if yeah. you see them and they look like zombies you know try and give them some words of encouragement um you know and they they kind of giggle about it it's always kind of funny but then i seen some of those guys out there and at that time I and mean, that was this year so it didn't really take me too too far off but seeing some of those people like you see some people finish like i watched one guy finish 100 miler and um you'll see this in the the great people on youtube you know finishing the big races where they look like they're in great shape. They walk off their high five and they're hugging people. And it's almost like nothing just happened. Like they, like they were the kicker in the field goal winning play, you know, like they didn't do crap, you know? And it's just other than kick the ball and they work for six seconds, but it's not the case. But then you see these other people, like they can barely walk to the finish line after those events. And it's, it's crazy. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say I'll never do a hundred miler, but that's a, it's a lot of commitment. I mean, you know, if you're lucky, you get it done in under a day. Yeah, and that's without sleep, you know you, you the crew's important because you need to find a solid group of people that can run with you for the last 50 miles. you know so like yeah. me having a couple of buddies that I run with every Tuesday, realistic if I did a 50 mile race, I kind of told those guys I would like them to pace me from miles 30 to 40 and 40 to 50. So that way I could do the first 50k by myself and then they could kind of keep my head on straight and uh, just kind of keep me yep. motivated and going at the same rhythm hopefully. Yeah. at that point because you need a kind of a crew to almost troop you up it's so mental i'm sure when you're out there like I, like i said i've only been out there for six hours a few times upper fives a few times but yeah i've never broke that barrier of you know 50 miles or 10 hours or anything yeah anything crazy like that yet i still want to get it in this year we'll see what happens
0: so the importance of running pacers then towards the end of the race is to just keep your pace they- because otherwise you're kind of your body's shutting down and you're getting tired, and you really i mean mentally you just can't keep the pace or you just are- you know if 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 you have like a really big goal
1: and like you've been training for this and maybe you are sponsored and you and you have the pressure of maybe putting up like a certain number, yeah. then maybe like the pace is important for yeah. that pacer, but for me, if I get a pacer, I'm thinking to myself, like, like yeah, if you're trying to win a race, like, that pace is important to keeping the pace. But yeah. if you're just trying to finish your first 100 miler, like, get somebody who means something. Some you know, support. like, if, if your dad's in good shape and he wants to do a few miles with you, like, that yeah. could be you know and he's somebody you look up to your whole life that could be somebody great to get out there somebody's gonna boost you up and like yeah. kind of find some hidden energy you know mm-hmm. and that's that's what i think they're the they're the best for they're, they're motivators they're like that hype man you know at that yeah. concert it's like
0: yeah <laughs> yep. hyping yep. up
1: little john or
0: whatever <laughs> yep. Yep. so we were talking a little bit before the pod too about technology a new watch you got is that playing a huge role i mean could you see yourself living without something like that or training without it or maybe you just wouldn't be as efficient without it. Yeah, you know, it could go both ways. I feel
1: like I, I listen to it maybe too much, but I also do feel like it knows more than I'm ever gonna know. Like I was like like we were saying it like it studies my it studies my stress level, my my sleep level, my sleep patterns, my my you know heart rate while I'm sleeping, how how my oxygen levels are, you know, all that balances in with my stress, my day to day, if I worked, if I everything's just so different how it breaks it down and then it tells you what it wants for a workout and like i somewhat believe it but also like me going from that watch from not having it like how does it know who i am like right away so that's where i'm kind of like in a spot right now where it says like i'm just starting to run again with it because i got injured like the week after i got this watch it was like my birthday got the watch got it shipped got it got injured seven days later so (laughs) it, it barely had like maybe it was two weeks after it barely had a couple weeks of data on it. So, um, so now that I'm back out and I'm putting on 30 miles a week, it's like your training loads more than you, more than you want to be at. And I'm just like, okay, you don't, you don't know me completely yet. (laughs) Like no way 30 miles is too much when I was doing 65. So, um, to that sense, like, I feel like, you know, once it, once it learns me, I'll be able to say a little bit more about it, but, um, it definitely, you know, it measures like your VO two max and it tells you like, your product productivity during okay. your workouts like yep. what it was good for maybe that was good for your threshold maybe that was good for your vo2 max or it will tell you hey do intervals today because that's gonna help with your base or whatever you know it kind of balances out and has you hit all different categories so for me it, it adds variety sure where like i could go out there like last year i think i ran no this is two years ago i ran in the sevens all the time whether it was seven miles or 25 miles. And I was always in the seven minute pace. And every day I woke up tired. Hmm. And it's so crucial to have like easy days. And that's why I like okay. running with people cause it's like I chat and it's like, I'm barely even, yeah, I'm barely even running. You know, I'm just out there having fun. You know, yeah. it's not even like a workout at that point, but like those days are so important. Cause like your body needs to recover. Yeah. So and that's what I really learned this year is like, now I'm spending like, like they say 80% of my time, like four out of five of my days that I spend running aren't hard minus maybe i like to end with a, a good mile at the end but otherwise I'm, I'm usually just going light okay and then i'm having one day by myself where it's maybe a hard six six mile r- run or or maybe it's 15 at like a race
0: pace you know
1: so yep. only only having one really pusher a week has really helped me this year
0: hmm. yeah and it's i mean it's fun to collect and see some of that data when you're done too to see how fast you're going how far you went uh, compared to the day before, the week before, the month before. It's fun to track all that stuff, for sure. Yeah. I a- do a couple miles every day now, just hiking. Nothing too crazy. You went up the bluff with me that one. Oh, morning. yeah. That's how we got chatting about
1: yep. linking up. I know we've talked about this for a few times. So yeah. yeah, That was I, fun, too. Just, I mean, I don't know if I'll get up that early again anytime soon. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just running a basic Apple Watch, but it tracks a lot of data. And it's, it's funny how it can, not that it... Like a true motivator, but it can give you some motivation. It sounds silly, but I'll be like, "Wow, well, my watch! I'll know if I don't go up today." Yeah, you know, well, um remind me. I and Apple today. people are swear by the reins. You know, yeah. oh, I close up my reins.
1: Yep. You know, and that's that's something people thrive on, and that's great. Yeah. Like, it gives you a you cool should, graphic. You should and get excited about that. You yeah. know, like, yeah. sweet, you close your reins today. Yeah. Like, hell yeah! Reward yourself. Treat yourself.
0: Yep. That's why I run a lot. I like to treat myself. Yep. yep. Well, sweet. Was there anything else you wanted to dive into there?
1: No, I think we covered a lot of like the trail running and, you know, we got the got the new Red Wing trail community. If anyone wants yeah. to join us for a yeah, you know a, a hike or a run, I'm going to hopefully be pairing up with the brewery for a running series. I don't know if I said that, but I'm going to talk to them tomorrow and see if we can do uh, something next month where we run out of there once a week. Yeah. And then we'll go around like Bay Point, maybe venture down to Caldwell. will be like, leave nobody behind type of pace, you know, and just get maybe four or five miles in and then go have a beer or up here afterwards have yeah. some fun
0: well i think it's great too because uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a ton of people that are interested to get into it hiking running whatever they just don't know where to start they don't know the trails as well as you do so mm-hmm. it's great that you're offering that to people to get out there and at least show them where the trails are at and then they can take it from there or join you weekly or whatever they do
1: yeah and i hope a good group develops from it because you know yeah. and a lot of people don't like to do it by themselves no yeah, i right. see it a lot too you know like um you know if i was like oh a, a woman for instance and I'm going up on Memorial like there's a lot of trails you know a lot of people aren't even like comfortable without going in a group setting yeah. you know um. obviously I was I was scared too if like one person showed up tonight I was like oh luckily it was like three or four you know yeah. so <laughs> like yeah. if one person shows up like could be kind of awkward to, like walk yeah, yeah. in the middle of nowhere you know <laughs> then you like if, when you're on Memorial you see that sign that says like correction facility do not you enter <laughs> yeah. be a great spot to hey, jump, f- hey, jump out on. in an orange jumpsuit yeah. Yeah. for like a skit <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah hey follow me into the woods here
1: yeah yeah, we just go right down this way.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've been losing sunlight in the mornings. The sun comes up later and later every day, and it's a little unnerving out there in the woods at night Oh, and by it, myself. And it's just colder. <laughs> With the headlamp on. Yeah, and it's getting cooler. Going tomorrow? Every day. Every day. Oh, boy, what
1: time is it? 1024? Yep. Maybe go tomorrow. Yeah. Don't hold me to it. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> now it's just fun, though, man. Yeah. Well, good. Find him online, he's on all the things. All the good social medias. Yeah, yep. all the medias.
1: Find me on Insta. That's where I'm most active. Yeah. You know, I try and try and post every day on there. It shares my Facebook, you know, from from meal prepping to running to, you know, like Santa said, being positive. You know, the world needs a little bit more of that. And,
0: yeah, and if you're out there yeah. and you've got an Instagram, follow him. He needs those followers. I right? need him.
1: I got to get sponsored. He needs, he needs that sponsors. Sponsor. So I can quit yeah. serving tables, baby. And no, and I'm if just kidding.
0: <laughs> hey, if you're looking for someone to sponsor, yeah, we got a guy for you.
1: Yeah, I am available
0: <laughs> and if you're uh, thinking about getting out there, hiking them trails, running them trails, uh, check out that group uh, page on Facebook. And uh, is there a sign up or do you just show up? See,
1: so, yeah, I just got the page on Facebook. So if you like it and follow it, you know, you yep. could just drop a comment. If anybody's got any message or any any questions, they can message me on there too. Okay. And I'll, I'll reply to them relatively quick, always within, you know, a few hours and kind of give them more info on what they want to know. But I... Posted this one a couple of weeks ago and had the info of where we were meeting at. And then this morning I posted a picture of, you know, the trailhead. So yep. everybody knew where to park and my car oh, was beautiful. in it. So I'm going to make that a weekly thing where I post a picture of my car in the morning, where we're meeting at at night. Perfect. And that way anybody who maybe isn't familiar with the area can kind of look back at that picture for a reference. Genius.
0: Perfect. Yep. That's cool. Nice. Well, thanks for coming down, Alex. Yeah. Thanks again for having me. It's a lot of fun. Appreciate yeah. it, guys. We'll get together after you uh, put a few more miles on. Yep, sounds good. (laughs) All right, this has been another episode of Just the Two of Us podcast. I'm John. I'm Nate. We'll catch you later. Talk to you then.